It's the Key Review, Episode 4. This one's a hot one, folks. Your host, Kenny, talks to spoken word artist and poet Sebastian Gaskarth, who's recently released a new collection titled Disc Jockey Poet. All this and more for you to explore. Take it away! Can I let you in? I know your dark obsession with danger and sin we've got. Brand new single, Welcome to the Hollow. Welcome to the Hollow is Chris's very first original song that he's put out. And Chris is an aspiring singer, songwriter, musician, and artist from New York City. We're really super excited to have him share uh, his music with us, and we're happy to share it with you. And hello, everyone. Today joining us is Sebastian Gaskar. Sebastian is a poet and spoken word artist from originally from British Columbia, now residing in jolly old Halifax, Nova Scotia. Sebastian, welcome to the program. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, Sebastian, tell us a little bit about your yourself and, and your backstory of you as an artist. Coming to Nova Scotia from British Columbia, what was it about the art scene in Halifax that got you involved? Um, I think it was the timing. Um, I had been working on this book for maybe five or six years, and I had decided while I was moving here that I would complete it. So as I was completing it and, you know, working in coffee shops in the afternoon and hanging out at the Halifax Central Library, I started to get to know people and I felt uh, there's a lot of support here. I had um, a good friend of mine who's now a good friend, sorry. Yeah, just tell me about uh, writing here in Halifax and he started to really show me like these are places you can go to get help, uh, what the Halifax Library can offer and uh, immediately I felt really supported here to just finish my book. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I take it that there is a lot of support here in Halifax. Yeah. Surprisingly, I thought, you know, the art scene would be almost elitist or like exclusion just because it can be competitive. People are writing and trying to get their work out, but that's not what I've found. I've only known it from like the music standpoint from Music Nova Scotia, where there's such a strong community um, that they're very close knit, especially there's different segments of, of the music population. So it's nice to see that it's, it's it's bigger than just the music uh, community that it actually does get into to spoken word and I know that there's a lot of in terms of music too uh, DJs and as a segue your your collected works um, is called Disc Jockey Poet it's that community as well is also very uh, very tight knit and very supportive of one another so yeah um, so speaking of your book Disc Jockey Poet um, it's it's that's your current collection yeah. is this your first published work like your of your own yeah it's uh well it's self-published I wanted to create a collection of my poetry that has been on my mind 
um, probably for about eight years. And I started writing about, like I said, about five years ago, but I didn't want any other influences involved in the process this time. I hope to one day be published by a company, but for now, I just really wanted it to be 100% me. 100%. Very, just all you, all Sebastian. Yeah. What influenced it? What, where did the influence come from? Like to put this collection together specifically? When it was all said and done, I was just turning, gosh, 31. And I had just started university, decided to come back to school. And I, I was rushing to get it finished because I knew once I started school, I'd just be lost in the chaos of studying and stress. But it was also um, a lot of changes have happened for me, like now identifying as trans and non-binary. I kind of wanted to almost close off a chapter in my life yeah, and sense. rebirth into whatever would unfold next. And it was kind of a, a closing thing too, having moved from BC and growing up there most of my life to here. Um, it was just a time to like reconcile everything and start fresh here. Um, so it's a collection of 17 individual pieces and they're, they're broken up over three different sections. And the titles of the sections are, are very disc jockey related and um, uh, music style related, uh, which I really dig. And uh, so where the title itself, because I know one of your pieces is called Disc Jockey, yeah. uh, disc, uh, sorry, uh, disc, <laughs> disc Jockey Poet, one um, of the, the pieces is called that. But where did that actual name come from? It was inspired from listening to rhetoric classes online and um, and looking at literature in a different way. So it sounds bizarre, but in this process of creating and writing, um, I found, you know, sometimes I'd be searching for a word um, and then I'd look up the word and the dictionary would give me, you know, the set definition. But what I found is the more I started to write, I noticed there was a natural beat to my work. And also I found that there are words that wanted to perform outside those definitions, which I found very interesting as a trans and non-binary person that even though at that time I wasn't identifying as non-binary, I was already seeing that through writing, I was already trying to defy the boundaries with the words. And so the premise of Dick Docky Poet is, although yes, I wrote these poems, I mean, I've been inspired from music to situations in life. You know, it could be a post-it left on a bus seat and it's not necessarily my creation. And in it, there's the life in the words and how they, firm, they form and create their own story. And so especially the poem Disc Jockey Poet. Um, it is difficult to understand because it's drawing from rhetoric, but it ultimately, it's, it's freeing words and allowing them as much in my creating process, I'm writing the poetry, I'm allowing the words and to work with the words and collaborate and make something beautiful. It's really neat. Uh, in university, I took creative writing and I've always tried to find different ways to use language in different forms to be able to express things and sometimes you just it's a it's a bit of a process I know for me try things try things differently yeah. sometimes it's imagery and words together where it's like I, I can't put into words yeah. what it is that I'm trying to express so I need to use the stick figure or something to just kind of really drive the point home yeah and that blend of mediums is is really neat when when it can kind of like change change your perspective on things and how you look at that so absolutely i dig that a lot 
So in terms of like, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but is there, was there any kind of going into it, any overarching theme associated like with, with the collection that you wanted to put through, or were you trying to kind of resolve it around any one type of theme or just, just you in general? I think it was me in general. And um, of course, so the book is broken up into three sections, baseline beats, mic drop of heartbreak and spin back. Um, baseline beats are just, um, these are poems that really drive who I am as a person. And in a way in creating this before, well, just starting my first semester, it kind of is a nice uh, reference to go back to, to remember the things that keep my heart beating basically and passionate about things. Whereas the mic drop of heartbreak is more about like, uh, different romantic experiences as well as things that are just heavy on my heart spin back or like looking back at different situations that I've had or experiences. So ultimately it was, yeah, just that reconciliation of 30 years of being on earth of things that have really impacted me. Yeah. A little bit of a, of, of a biography in a way. Yeah. Um, just set to your own written word and not about telling a story through conventional means, but really about who you are, what you've experienced and, and the journey that you've been on, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is really neat. It's a neat way to kind of neat to sound so downplayed, but it's, it, it is a, a, a very interesting and intriguing and thought provoking kind of way to it, to approach a, a typical kind of biography, which it's not, but with poetry in general, and it's always very subjective. Um, I would not consider myself a poet because I grew up in a time period where they told you poetry is iambic pentameter, or yeah. you know these these very structured ways of, of looking at poetry, and it wasn't necessarily as expressive, or or it was, but it was also in a very structured kind of way. Um, but what was it about poetry that attracted you from uh, to want to write in this kind of style? I would say. I started listening to two spoken word artists, Shane Kozan, who's from BC, and uh, someone had given me the name Andrea Gibson. And just by listening to their poetry at that time, I was painting houses and doing landscapes. So I had lots of time to listen to podcasts and music and and I really got into the poetry and I would listen to these records over and over and over again. And um, it just... It was so nice um, to hear perspectives that I could relate to people. I didn't feel alone in how I was perceiving the world and just things, some of them that uh, like Andrea Gibson was pointing out, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's, that's so true. And it really made me check my privilege where Shane's work, he covers a variety of things, but as a kid, he's been bullied and he always... He's not afraid to touch on raw subjects and leave you in this encouraged kind of resilient way of like continuing down a path. I always kind of refer to, to, to Shane as a dropkick to the stomach. Yeah. He delivers so powerfully. Yes. And what he's talking about, it just, it gets right inside and it just, it rattles the cage. And all of a sudden you just kind of feel like, yes. You, I get you, you get me. <laughs> and it's yeah. super exciting that way. And I remember just kind of the first time I ever heard him, I was like, this is kind of what it's about. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. It's nice to know that uh, there's some love out there for the Khoisan. 
so, I mean, uh, you just kind of mentioned those two writers, but, um, you know, who, those the first kind of writers that you say would have read that you resonated with, or was there even earlier? It was right off the bat. I mean, those were the first two. And right away, I was like, this form of art is amazing. I too, in school uh, with poetry, it was very, um, I found it the method to be cut and dry um, and very limited in expression. Almost contained in like that box. And I have, like, I am French Canadian, so I already feel living in an English society to already feel constrained that this was, like, finally a form of something where I can let this out, but it's also part of the spoken word community. And so, like, people are just expressive, and that's fine, and people are passionate, and it's just accepted. Or if I'm too passionate in my day-to-day, people are like, well, like, calm down. Don't take it so seriously. It's very yeah. freeing yeah. Uh, as a theater kid. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things I loved about being on the stage that I, you didn't have to like restrain yourself. No. You know, it was about there and you could kind of get out there and play in a, a, in a world that wanted you to be expressive. Yeah. And it's nice to feel that when it's like people taking off the, the, the leash in a way, the expression uh, at least where you can kind of like just be out there and just be you and be unapologetically you and, and just kind of get your words out. Sometimes we, may vomit are, are all over the stage, but that comes from a place of, of expression and, and it comes from a place of, of, of power for yourself and re- recognizing your own inner strengths and inner powers. Um, so you're here in, in, in Nova Scotia now and you publish self-published here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was the journey like for you for publishing? What was that like in terms of like knowing that you wanted to, to get it down and actually kind of that, you know, you're, you're dabbling, you're thinking that you're going to pull it together and now you have copies in your hand. I have my collected works. What was that journey like? What was that process like? Longer than expected. <laughs> it always is. I had to reach out to get support. So I had reached out uh, to some people that had already created a book. Um, and just learned what their process was and how they went about it. I did hire someone for a bit uh, just to help me sort through like some of my themes and just the flow in my poetry as well, because this is was to me seemed like a huge endeavor. And so more or less, you know, keep asking questions. I was able to put it together and even in the process, you know, it's a big consideration. Do you self-publish? Do you send your work out there? You know, it's not likely you will get published, but then there's a thing, what if, what if someone comes back and they are interested? But it was just at a point where I I wanted to do this for myself. And um, I mean, even now, like I don't sell the books for much or anything. And if I get the opportunity to, to share my poetry, I'm happy to, but it was really, I wanted it to be pretty genuine like just it's a thing for me I think sometimes to uh, just the act of doing it and carrying through and following through with it this what we're doing right now is is a really good example where I don't know for how long I sat on and said I should do a podcast there should be a podcast there should be a podcast and at some point in time you have to kind of push go to know that you can and to know that you're 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 doing right by yourself yeah. Um, I, I think there's a, a big piece of that that is is in there. And I think that this is what this shows. Right? This is this is your work, your words. Um, whether anybody buys it or or anybody reads it, you've put it out there, and that's taking and that's a put it it puts you in a vulnerable position. Absolutely. And to actually take that st- chance and take that stance and put yourself out there in that vulnerable situation, 
is not easy to do. And once it's out there, it's kind of like, oh, it's gone now. It's like, yeah. there's nothing I can do. And what may be, may be, but you've done it, yeah. right? And that's a huge accomplishment. It's a great feeling. And I can, I can totally relate to that on, on different things. So will you do more? Um, I'm actually considering writing more of, um, I guess, more of a memoir. Memoir? Um, it's funny. Uh, there are, like, with these, just these 17 poems here, my heart is passionate about... Uh, a lot of topics in it. But I've found in just being in school and the different jobs that I've had to really wanting to to work more with the public and trying to deconstruct sex and gender, trying to educate about trends and non-binary pieces. And just like, it happens regularly in conversation, but I it wasn't until recently I was invited to share a story to the public at a brewery and it allowed me about 20 minutes to just explain my story from when I was a kid to now um, and the struggles I've had as a trans and non-binary person. And it's um, it's given me quite a bit of thought to actually writing a, kind of like a, a small memoir novel of just this and in a way of translating and, exp- and writing it in such a way that the general public can relate and understand what I'm going through. I think education through storytelling yeah. is a huge thing that maybe we don't put enough emphasis on. We grew up with stories and we t- we teach history in classes and we learn through it, but we got to a point where we stopped doing that, or at least we stopped doing it with certain segments of the population or never ever even started uh, yeah. as it is with, with a lot of queer history. So I think that storytelling, what you're talking about is, is super important. And I think it makes a difference when somebody can hear somebody else's story and maybe Absolutely. see bits and pieces of them in there. You don't have to be trans or non-binary to really understand somebody's struggle. Yeah. But if you hear the struggle, maybe you'll start to understand where they're coming from a little bit more. And not to say that society is, you know, in a bad place, but it's in a bad place. And there's so much more that could be done. And I think storytelling like this can be really powerful. Yeah, I really think, you know, I've I've asked different profs that I've met or different conferences that I've gone to and people that are working with the public and trying to shift the, uh, the normal narrative. And I have yet to find something that actually works. Yeah. However, I believe stories do shift Completely and educate. Different. And I do think in the way that someone shares their story, in particular with people that might not know about someone's struggle, um, I think it, it can heal even. It's certainly in sharing my story that night, it was healing and it was affirming of who I am as a person. And I I mean, a lot of people were crying in the audience, but I, I felt... Um, I felt more accepted and most of the time I do not feel accepted in society. So it was very odd that I was speaking about how I've always been against society. And here I was at the end of this feeling more accepted. Yeah. When people start to get it and start to listen and start to hear the struggles and can connect with it. Yeah. You, I'm sure you do feel that acceptance a little bit more because suddenly it's not about you just talking about you. Mm -hmm. It's about you telling about your, your, you know, your experiences and somebody connecting with, even the smallest thing that you said that all of a sudden they're looking at you differently mm-hmm. and then they get, and it's, it's a nice feeling. It's a, it's, it's a moving feeling. And of course us being a, a music kind of outlet and, and we love music here. Poetry is one of the rawest forms of music. You don't need a guitar to make music. No. Lyrics and words and the beats that come out of, of, of the written word are, you know, that's a starting point for some magic that's been happening 
all of our lives. Um, so looking at poetry as a form of music, are there musicians or music artists that you take inspiration from yourself? Who do you listen to to kind of get you uh, in the mood to write or that help you get into that creative space or you just take inspiration from? Mm. I would say when I'm writing, it's often instrumental music. Um, I've started to listen to a band called Simply Three. Uh, they'll do different covers of songs, and I believe they do write some of their own, though I'm not sure. Uh, I just listen to the music. Yeah. Um, but it really gets me into a place where, though I'll be writing at times with no music, my foot will be tapping. But when I'm listening to their music, sometimes it can give me more inspiration or a different, uh, you know, instead of like... A short word there, I'm going to use a word there with three syllables because I'm like, oh yeah, okay, it goes with this. So I listen to them um, when I'm not writing because instrumental is about the only thing I listen to when I'm writing. Uh, I, I listen to Harry Styles, which a lot of people are like, whoa, what? Why? <laughs> One Direction boy band. Um, the reason why I listen to Harry Styles is because he takes older music and he takes modern music and he has got exceptional vocals. I mean, obviously. Um, but he has a way of merging these two um, kind of times of music, I guess. And I feel often that's my life and juggling, like being assigned female at birth, presenting more masculine, constantly having to advocate for myself and or get stared at or whatever. But he does it with music. And I just when I listen to his music, I'm like, this is like me. I just feel... Um, I just feel it's beautiful that he can do that. Others that I listen to are Mother Mother because they really play with um, beats, vocals. They're willing to take risk with their music as well. There's music uh, that they write. Honestly, there's one that um, I've been listening to. Snap it up. Uh, I'm all right. I'm okay are the lyrics. But I think it's one of the greatest pieces surrounding mental health. And it's like... It's so hard to find music, um, kind of like Shane's poetry, like willing to go into those raw pieces and leave you in a place where I'm going to get through this. So Mother Mother, not only because of the lyrics, but just the way they play with beats and noise and they're willing to do, do different noises that other people are not willing to do because it might sound different. And of course, I've been listening to Tegan Sarah for a while. Um, probably the artist I've been listening to the longest is Tracy Chapman. Oh. Just... <laughs> Um, and I know it's probably like a classic among the queer community, but honestly, when I started to listen to Tracy Chapman, um, I think that was the first time where my heart resonated with lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Crossroads still to this very day is one of my probably top five songs, uh, that I go back to hmm. uh, Tracy Chapman's Crossroads. I love that song. I think with, with, with Tracy Chapman too, that was music that was being created where I think it was really ahead of its time mm. and it was so it was there was a lot of raw emotion that was in there yes. that people didn't necessarily know what to do with absolutely and that was kind of the magic of when tracy chapman first came around people were like what what is this we because the 80s it's like aren't we supposed to be day glow and you know it's <laughs> happy where's the acid wash but tracy chapman was just someone who came out and has never at any point in time during her career ever compromised to say She's a folk artist. Mm. Um, people wanted her to be a pop artist. Yeah. She's like, no, yeah. this is me, and I'm only going to kind of stick this way. And, yeah, I have, I have lots of love for Tracy Chapman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and with, with your own, um, I'm not sure if you, you do or not, but do you ever try to incorporate music into your works itself um, when you perform or, you know? And- I haven't tried it when I perform. I would like to at some point. Um, I do have a SoundCloud account. One of my projects that I was dabbling with last summer was at the Halifax Library here. We're very fortunate. There's two recording studios um, that if you have a library card that you can use for free. And my good friend who was introduced to me to the writing scene told me about them and he was kind of, you know, nudging me in that direction. So yeah, uh, up on SoundCloud, um, I believe it's Disc Jockey Poet, Sebastian Gasgarth. One of those words will get you there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've uploaded, I don't know, maybe eight or nine of the poems. And what I had done is once I had recorded them from the library, I put them onto GarageBand. And I started playing around with beats and started adding stuff in the background. And it, I found it really added to just the life of the poems. In fact, I had one friend, he's like, I won't even listen to you live anymore. He's like, I just prefer it on SoundCloud. And though they're not honestly the greatest recordings, it was just really neat to listen to the words and and uh, start to add my own music to it. So I, I guess it gives you a, a different kind of life to what you've already birthed in a Absolutely. kind of really weird way. Well, that's good. So where can people find that? SoundCloud and where else? In Halifax, I have books for sale at Bookmark, as well I have books for sale at um, the Comic and Collectible in Sackville. Cool. Um, are you selling online at all? I'm not. I have a Facebook page. Um, Sebastian Gasgarth. <laughs> Sebastian Gasgarth, poet. You see, I left room to write another book in there. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, you can message me there, and I'm happy. Like, I can ship books or however, but yeah. Well, we're going to make sure that, that uh, all that information is available on uh, our website, thekeyreview.ca. And I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been, uh, this has been great. And uh, I expect that we will hear more from you very 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 soon hopefully soon i hope so <laughs> um but yeah uh any last parting words about the written word for you writing has been healing it has been affirming and what i love about it the most is when i start writing i have no idea what i'm gonna write and it just opens up a world of possibilities that's awesome thank you so much for being here you're welcome All right, here we go. It is time for the Q2. Two songs that we think that you need to know about, need to be listening to, and need to have on repeat all day, all night, because they are that good. Our first comes from London, England duo, Nimmo, and their single, Everything I Wanted. There's so much to love about this song and about Nimmo as artists. Uh, the single continues to show why Nimmo are one of music's best and most exciting electro-pop artists. They've taken their, their synth melodies to dark places, and they've filled with emotion, and then just exploded with energetic life. Uh, they continue to be groundbreaking artists, and are at, they're everything that you want in great music. If you haven't checked out this song yet, you need to check it out. It's Everything I Wanted from Nimmo. Okay, so in keeping with great pop artists, our second Q2 of the week comes from artist Michael Medrano and his single, Easier. Michael Medrano is someone who truly understands how to make good pop music and the elements that are necessary for a good pop song. And on Easier, he illustrates this by taking personal experiences and wrapping them in these moments and pops of, of, of musical uh, production 
and these great little moments that we come to expect from a great pop song. And he creates this sort of love letter to himself that the negativity we experience in relationships doesn't have to define us as people or be the final note about our relationships. Not everyone's the easiest person in relationships. And even though that's there, that we all carry baggage and and, and maybe we have hurdles to overcome, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that there can be uh, success in our relationships and that we can find love. The kind of realness that he's put into the song, it elevates his music and makes us want to hear more from him and know more about him. He's given us easier and it kind of gives us permission to fall apart while still knowing that we will find love. And, you know, writing from a vulnerable place is both exposing as it is freeing. And what he's done is he's found a path to genuinely create a beautiful pop moment. And that's what this song is. I love this song. I think it's fantastic. And if you haven't heard it, you need to go out and you need to listen to it. Michael Madrano's Easier. All right, kids, it's that time of the episode, the video of the week. This week, we have UK artist Andrea Di Giovanni from London, England, and the video for their single, Bang. So if you haven't seen Bang yet, you need to fix that right off the bat. Go watch the video. It's super cool. More so than that, the song is also great. It's a great club stomping anthem. Uh, you know, you're going to have it playing all, all pride season, and you're going to hear it out at the clubs. So get familiar with the song. Get familiar with the video. More importantly, the the video is really bold. It's electric. It's exciting. Um, there's a lot of fun happening into it. Lots of color, but it's also empowering. Uh, there's a lot of very strong messaging that's going on in this video. And Andrea G. Giovanni has really kind of set the bar sky high in terms of what to expect from videos of, of this nature. And coming into Pride season, this is the video that you are going to see everywhere. And I think it's going to be the video of the Pride season. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're not familiar Go watch it. It's fantastic. Love everything that there is about this video. Thank you for joining us this week. We leave you with more Chris Jenner and more Welcome to the Hollow. To hear more and to follow Chris Jenner on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, go to at Chris Jenner. I'm Lola, and this has been the Q Review. Thanks for joining. See you next time. Welcome to the hollow. Welcome to the hollow.